West Midlands against East Midlands. Villains against Foxes. Steven Gerrard against the manager who he so nearly won the Premier League title with at Liverpool. I'm Kevin Hatchard and this is Football Only Better. significant slips in this show from our skipper Mark O'Hare who's been hard at work in the Bet Cave crunching the numbers. Uh, Mark Lester twice came from behind to draw at Southampton in midweek but those defensive issues they have still there for all to see as they take on Aston Villa this weekend. Yes very much so. Um, Brendan Rodgers are very critical of the team's first half performance against Southampton as well. Um, twice having to come from behind conceding early sloppy goals giving away sloppy opportunities as well um, and Southampton who you know very rarely are putting two goals past any team at the moment uh, look like well beaters at times because of Leicester's sort of inefficiency at the back but uh, yeah I'm surprised they're up in eighth because I've been kind of going against them so often this season they've only lost twice in nine now but they have only won five Premier League fixtures this season uh, but all the underlying data and metrics I have here suggest that they're very much overperforming this season and a big part of that is down to their attack because their defence has been absolutely dreadful um, and uh, yeah you know James Madison and Jamie Vardy getting the plaudits for some good form of late uh, but ultimately you have to look at that back line and see that's not kept a Premier League clean sheet since the opening day they've conceded twice or more in eight of the last ten games now keep banging the drum about this but they've only kept two clean sheets all season one of which was against Millwall in the cup in the Premier League now it's three clean sheets in 29 two of which were against relegated clubs um, and also if you look at in terms of expected goals against and chances conceded Leicester are very much there towards the top end of the table so there's no way I can back them this weekend um, even though it looks a really interesting game against Steven Gerrard's Villa who um, you know he made some quite direct statements about wanting to shore things up defensively First and foremost, when he took the role, he knew that was a, an area of weakness. And I think we have seen some improvements, particularly in games against Palace and Brighton. Uh, he's gone for a back four. Uh, there's been much more coordination when Villa have been out of possession. Uh, there's been a bit more of a press. Um, but um, yeah, I was quite impressed by their performance against City midweek. Uh, City scored two great goals, um, really brilliant goals. Uh, but they weren't as dominant as they probably could or should be. And I think at 2-0 down, it could have got really messy for Villa, but they responded really well in that second half. Scored straight after the restart, a really nice worked goal from a set piece and, and put the pressure on City in that second half. So, you know, I think there's plenty of positivity in the Villa camp and they'll fancy their chances here. But um, ultimately, I think uh, goals are the way forward here. I'd rather sort of trust goals on either team because they are pretty well matched, actually. And, and Villa have scored in all bar two Premier League games this season. Uh, they've converted at least once in, in every game at Villa Park. They've scored twice or more in four of seven. But they have only kept one shutout now in eight themselves. And you look at Leicester, uh, seven away days, seven both teams have scored winners. Go back further, I believe, is a record-breaking run now of 14 consecutive away Premier League games have paid out for both teams to score backers as well. Uh, I mentioned that defence, but going forward, we talk about it many times. They've got plenty of quality in forward areas with Barnes, uh, Madison, Vardy. You look at the bench, they've got plenty of options as well to change games off the bench too. So I expect Leicester to score, but ultimately I've absolutely no faith in that defence to, to keep Villa out either. So both teams to score at 175 seems fair enough. Now, just like me, that painful collapse from Rodgers and Gerrard's Liverpool will have resonated with Liverpool fan and odds compiler Mark Stinchcomb. Stinch, we're not going to dwell on that title failure. It didn't happen. Uh, but what do you make of this clash uh, between Gerrard and Rodgers? No, we've won six Champions Leagues now and won the Premier League. So <laughs> nobody, nobody, we don't care bothered, about that now. It's all gone. Except 
nobody's bothered except Chelsea fans. Um, yeah, I re- yeah, same as Mark. Really like goals here. Been backing it lots in Leicester games this season, and yeah, very surprised that if you look on the sports book, over or under two point five goals is a fifty fifty. Basically, it's um, seventeen to twenty either side, so one eighty five. And yeah, don't really know why um, that is. I mean, Mark makes a point that. Gerard might have shored things up a little bit, but it's three games and we're looking at sort of a spread of nearly a whole season of Leicester being mad going forward and mad at the back. So I'm happy to lean a bit more on the, the long-term data for, for sure. Uh, I mean, having said that, the Gerard's last two games have both been over 2.5 goals and the first game against Brighton, Brighton really probably should have taken one of their chances before two sort of late Villa goals so arguably that could have also been over two and a half as well um yeah 22 of Leicester's last 29 Premier League games have gone over two and a half goals so over 75 percent strike rate um away from home it's 11 of their last 15 so again uh 73 percent there Mark mentioned just three clean sheets in the last 29 in the Premier League. So obviously that's excluding Europe and domestic cups as well, where they've been just as porous. They've actually conceded two goals in eight of their last 10 games in the Premier League. So Mark's right. It's absolutely mad how they're sitting in the top half of the of the Premier League. Um, during this 29-game run, there's been 102 goals in their game, which is over three and a half. And when you're looking for over two and a half here, um, the goal expectancy here is just 2.7, which is why we're getting these odds. But you can see immediately see the disparity there, 2.7 and 3.5. Like if this was in the Bundesliga, I think the goal line would automatically be set at, at three and a half. Um, Leicester are obviously the outsiders, but I've won 2-1 and 4-1 at Villa Park since Villa returned to the Premier League. And obviously that's not, now that's Villa without Grealish. So I don't think there should be any fear from Bren, Brendan Rodgers' side going there. And yeah, they call what do they call it? Super Sunday, don't they, on Sky? And this is the, the Super Sunday game. So yeah, hoping for some entertainment and, and lots of goals. Now, he's been wrapping the XG robots in tinsel as he prepares for the festive season. Jake Oscarthorpe from InfoGoal is with us once again. It's an interesting point Stinch makes there about Leicester's record at Villa Park lately because Villa are the 2.46 favourites here, Jake. Yeah, I was very tempted to back the the Villa win, to be honest, straight up. But I've managed to find a a bet builder that I quite like instead that gives us a little bit more security. Um, everything the guys have said in terms of the goal expectancy in this game I'm fully on board with in terms of the way in which Leicester are defending they, they've just been awful to be honest uh, they're allowing 1.8 expected goals against per game and that ranks them as the second worst defensive team in the league which is staggering really um, and then going forward we, you know, at the start of the season they struggled actually to find any rhythm um, in terms of creating chances regularly but over the last five, six games they've actually started to find a bit of, uh, a bit of form in attacking areas and you know, we're seeing them create plenty of chances now, but they're also leaving themselves exposed still defensively. So there's massive question marks there. Um, as for Villa, it's been a little bit strange watching them under Steven Gerrard because while the games have been quite high scoring, the actual XG figures have been the opposite in the sense that they've not been creating any high probability chances. They've not been creating conceding many either. Um, but I do think that the way in which Leicester are playing will lead to goals in this game. Um, I think that for me, the way in which Villa are defending under Gerrard, which has been very consistent, very solid so far, especially even against Manchester City, I thought the way in which they limited City was actually quite good. It was 
probably one of the better defensive performances we've seen against a City team that have looked fairly rampant for quite some time. Um, and over the course of the three games, they've allowed just 2.9 expected goals against, so they're conceding less than one expected goal uh, per game under Gerrard. And that's come against you know, a Crystal Palace team who themselves ravaging around 1.4. Obviously City, who are uh, one of the better teams in the league when it comes to attack. So there's a lot... You know, it's, it is a small sample. It's a very small sample, but the early signs are very promising for Villa, and, and, and for me, that that's why I want to get them on side in this bet builder. So I've got Aston Villa or the draw. So Aston Villa double chance over one and a half goal, uh, and both teams to be carded, and that comes out around two point two, so six to five on the bet builder. Um, Michael Oliver's the referee. Fairly steady with the cards so far this season. I think he's averaging around three point five, um, and Villa themselves are. are seeing 2.2 cards per game, Leicester at 1.4. So we should see both teams pick up a card. And, and given that this is some sort of a derby or rivalry game, then, um, you know, we, we the cards do look a little bit lightly there. So throwing those card, the cards in there boosts the price up to a nice odds against. Um, so yeah, I'm, I'm, I'm expecting Villa to avoid defeat in what should be an interesting game. Lovely touch of violence there. We always like to hope <laughs> for a bit of violence in a game. Now, we know it's frustrating when you get frozen out of a bet. So Betfair's offering no cash-out suspensions on match odds, over, under, and goal markets on the sportsbook, even during VAR reviews or when there's a penalty. To the capital and a clash between Tottenham and Norwich. Now, at time of recording, we don't know how Spurs got on against Brentford, but Stinch, if we take that game out of the equation, it's been a mixed bag from Antonio Conte's team so far. Yeah, we discussed Tottenham kind of in depth on uh, on Monday's pod, the preview in uh, this midweek. And yeah, they're 4-11 to beat Norwich, which... Don't think anybody out there is rushing to to throw that in a, a multiple or, or something. But you know, whenever I'm entering games involving Norwich, I'm trying to oppose Norwich basically. So um, I thought the goal line um, looked a bit high to be honest. Like over two and a half goals is nearly is nearly as short as four to seven. And this is a game between the two lowest scorers in the league. Yeah. So I'm not sure where all the goals are coming from essentially um so i immediately thought i know what i'll try and do um you know like under three and a half goals and spurs to win but i'm not sure i can trust spurs to win either just at the moment um you know the brentford game i um back brentford plus one um because tottenham were, were four to seven tottenham had gone out to four to six so i feel like i'm on the value there so i have to see how that one goes but yeah it just shows that maybe the market is quite not quite trusting Tottenham as much as the early odds suggest that that they are. Um, this is like inception. This is like, because at the time of recording, we don't know what's happened. People are listening to it. They do know what's happened. It's all very exciting. Yeah, I mean, like football matches generally should be independent of each other. But because it's so early in Conte's reign, I think there are little details that do make a bit of a difference. So, yeah, I think maybe I'm being a bit safer going with so basically the bet I'm going to go with is under three goals um, on the exchange around about 1.75. So the only way the bet's going to lose if there's four or more. And I think that's quite safe, to be honest. As I say, Spurs are the, sec- the, the second lowest scorers in the league with just 11 goals in 12 games. And they didn't have 
have a shot on target against Everton or in the first half against Leeds. And across those two games, they've averaged just 11 chances. And obviously the goals they scored against Leeds were sort of from unlikely sources in, in Reggaeon and, and Heuberg. Um, Norwich have failed to score in 17 of the last 24 Premier League matches. Obviously, that's going back to the, the back end of when they got relegated. But I kind of feel um, confidence and style of play is 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 mirrored um, or is continuing the, from from where they left off essentially and they've only scored eight in 14 games this season obviously th- only three games under Dean Smith so again I don't want to read too much into them um, but I'm not immediately seeing a, a huge upturn in uh, in Norwich's form I mean I know they beat Southampton um, probably should have beaten Wolves um, but that was quite a poor Wolves who didn't really offer much going forward. And you've got to say against Newcastle, 91, uh, sorry, 81 minutes against 10 men and to only pick up a draw after going behind is is really not um, conducive to, to, I'd say, high confidence. So, yeah, I think I think this is going to be a low score in Spurs win because I think Antonio Conte, I think it's probably very difficult for Norwich to breach Tottenham. I think Conte is going to set them up very 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 rigid um so i just think essentially it's can spurs does conte give enough leeway basically to the offensive players to try and break down this norwich back line so yeah i think norwich backs against the walls and will tottenham eventually make the breakthroughs and yeah with the security that if there is three goals scored exactly i'll get get my money back so it's only four or more that will see the bet lose now, do you feel that an unfair moment has cost you a winning bet? Then let Dimitar Varbatov know. He's not actually called Dimitar Varbatov. He's called Dimitar Berbatov. But we've used VAR to call him Dimitar Varbatov. Uh, if you let him know, you could get your bet paid out. Send any examples of football injustice over the next few days to at Betfair on social media using that hashtag VARBATOV and the former Tottenham and Manchester United strike will make his ruling. I don't know if he has some kind of gavel or judge's wig. I'm not sure if that's been sorted out for him at this stage. Uh, talking of Manchester United, at the time of recording, we don't know how they did against Arsenal. But they are in action against Crystal Palace on Sunday. Palace have done pretty well against United at Old Trafford of late. Jake, are we going to see an upset here? Potentially, yeah. I think there's a, there's a few factors to to sort of throw in the mix really and the first is that it's going to be Ralph Ranick's first game in charge and you know you've spoken a lot about him Kev in terms of his style and what he wants to bring to Manchester United and how he likes to, his teams to set up and I think that that sort of you know that so precise system and style that he wants to play will take quite a while for them to sort of understand and, and get hold of um, so I think that that could cause a bit of an issue this weekend because if you know he likes to play vertical he likes to play fast likes to play high pressing one of the best teams in the league with some of the best players for dealing with that and playing on the counter-attack is Crystal Palace um, you know they, they, we've seen that in as you've said recent seasons where Palace have gone to Old Trafford and just sat in and, and caused real issues on the counter-attack and those core players are still there um, and I think that that's something that Crystal Palace will look to do and then you factor in that Crystal Palace themselves are actually a much better team now than what they were when they were doing that to Manchester United in terms of they've got better players up and down the pitch now. Edward, I've been impressed with. Obviously, Conor Gallagher has been excellent in terms of the way he's playing, his tenacity and the way in which he helps progress the ball with his dribbling. Um, and their XG process is far superior to 
whenever the last time they went to Old Trafford and won. So um, Crystal Palace, are, they've lost the last two games, but I think one of those against Aston Villa, they were unfortunate to lose. Um, and, you know, they're a team that ultimately are a mid-table team now, um, as opposed to a team that we're looking down rather than up. So um, I think it could be a little bit of an awkward game for Manchester United and for Ranić first up, uh, because as we've seen with Antonio Conte and Tottenham, who... You know his principles are slightly different to Ranić, but the way in which he his ideas, he's trying to get them across to a new group of players. He's got a short time frame to work with them and get those ideas across and implement his plans. We've seen some teething issues, and I think we could see similar this weekend for United. So at the price, they're around one point five eight. Now their home record this season isn't great. The record full stop this season isn't great. The way in which they're defending this season is shambolic at times, and um, you know if they are. I mean, Michael Carrick over the last few weeks has basically reined them in a little bit and got them playing a little bit more defensive-minded and tried to get them playing on the counter-attack. And that's ultimately where United were at the best last season. Um, Ranić, it sounds like from what you're telling me about him and his style, that he's going to try and play something off the opposite um, and try and play on the front foot. And that could leave them even more exposed at the back. So at the price, I just can't be having Man United uh, at all this weekend. I was looking at the handicap. You can get... Get Palace around 1.9 for a plus one handicap star, but I'm just happy to lay Manchester United um, at 1.6 at the moment on the exchange. So that means if if they win, we obviously get a, a basically an even money payout. And if they lose, uh, sorry, if, if United lose or draw, we get an even money payout. And if Man United win, then we lose what would be 0.6 of our stake um, or a sixth of our stake. So I, I, for me, I, I think that's the best way to go about it rather than going Crystal Palace plus one because ultimately if, if, if Crystal Palace do lose, if United do win, there's every chance they win quite comfortably um, given the attacking manner which Ranit wants them to play. So laying Man United for me is, is, is the bet this weekend. Now, just like a scene from Succession, we're all going to jump in the family helicopter and zoom to Italy because Mark has a game for us from Serie A. Yeah, it's sprints and repeat in Italy, uh, back goals in a game featuring Sampdoria or Lazio because they're meeting together at the weekend. On Sunday, uh, so far this season, uh, speaking on Thursday morning, there's been um, 61% of games in, in Italy's top flight have gone over two and a half goals. Uh, if you turn that percentage hit figure into implied odds, you'd be around a 1.66 mark. We're getting 1.76 here. And we've basically got two of the sort of chief protagonists for goals. Uh, Sampdoria need a reaction, really. They were really meek in the second half of their 3-1 defeat to Fiorentina in midweek. Roberto De Verza, who was quite an underwhelming appointment in the summer, is under pressure and looked like his players almost down tools in the second half. But um, back at the Morassi, they normally tend to put up, an, put up a much better fist of things. And more importantly for Sampdoria, uh, the derby against Genoa is on the horizon. That's next weekend. So there's plenty of motivation to get back to, to winning ways. Um, but it's goals I want. And Sampdoria have seen overs land in 12 of the last 13. They've seen over three and a half goals in eight of those. Um, and they've only kept three clean shots this season um, but their scoring goals always tend to score at Morassi 22 of the last 27 since the start of last season they've scored in but they've only managed four clean sheets in that time 74% of those games featuring three or more goals so backing goals in Sampdoria games at the Morassi has proven to be quite a long-term payer uh, and then you look at Lazio who away from home just tend to be pretty shambolic and look I'm not going to criticise them for the display last week against Napoli because Napoli were superb in that match from start to finish really unbelievable but yeah they, they were absolutely fantastic and um but Lazio's away record now they've now conceded at least twice in five or seven away games those five all went over two and a half goals 
they do tend to score when you exclude trips to the big two. And overall, so far this season, Lazio's matches have featured the highest goals per game record, 3.57, and 57% of their games have gone over three and a half goals. But uh, actually, if you kind of crudely combine both Sampdoria and Lazio's record this season, you'll have seen overs landing in 22 of 29 games, which is better than 75%, over three and a half goals in 16 of those games, which is better than 50%. And I can't go back that the, uh, the league average at the moment is 61% winners for over two and a half goals but uh, that would be 1.66 we're actually getting 1.76 here for two of the, the sort of best teams to follow for goals in Italy so yeah looking forward to this game should be a, a good one that sounds good to me. That's all we have time for on this edition of Football Only Better. Please do remember to gamble responsibly. Lots of other shows to keep an eye on, by the way. We've got Cricket Only Better, NFL Only Better, and a couple of racing shows as well. Racing Only Better and the Wade In podcast from Jake, Mark, Stinch and me. It's goodbye for now. 